0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the most recent and probably your new favorite podcast about motorsports. This is Plan. Good morning, good afternoon, and why not good evening. Here we are again, back on track. We are... And we are here, back again, in our Turbo edition to recap, to do a little uh, briefing about the last Formula 1 Grand Prix. And this time, this time, we are going to speak about uh, Mexican Grand Prix. but. I'm not being uh, very fair, because I'm not the one who is going to speak about (laughs) this. We've got a specialist here, and his name is... Joe Barato, here I am. How are you doing, Joao? I'm good and you? I'm fine, I'm fine, after a very hard day at work, but I'm here to try to be your guest. In in this uh, little podcast, we are just starting. We are here for more or less half an hour. We will be discussing, uh, we will be doing a recap, we will doing speaking, as friends are fans of Formula 1. Indeed, we will. First of all, João, I would like to apologize with you and with our friends because of a mistake. A few chapters ago, I said mm-hmm. uh, Latifi's family had um, interests and um, investments in oil companies and they have their investments in food uh, markets. Mm-hmm. So that is the way they have developed their fortune. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, I have to tell you that Valtteri Bottas was here at Argentina, last days, uh, right after Mexican Grand Prix to explore the um, Mendoza zone. Mm. Um, I read that he is a very well-knower of wines and all that kind of stuff, and perhaps he's uh, doing an investment in our land.
1: Mm, Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, João, but just uh, a few curious, um, curious facts. Nothing in direct relation with the sport, please.
1: <laughs> so let's start with Mexico, Gunti, and we all know that this GP is a little bit different than the others because of the high altitude. So we have the air is less dense than usual, and so there are dynamics. Is not; it doesn't work so well. We could say they use almost uh, setup regarding the package, like in Monaco, but with tremendous top speeds compared to Monaco, which is interesting. And also the combustion is infected. So we could say that there is no circuit like this one, and we could analyze this GP well with in a particular way that maybe what we saw here, it's not the real thing, in in, in most checks at least. Well, and we could see that in qualifying already.
0: I realized that there was an important performance by Mercedes and a very poor one with the Ferraris. Had uh, any relation with what you have said?
1: I would say yes but i can't explain really why maybe they're well i understand that their turbo is the smallest one and being the smallest one it would be the most uh, the the one that would be most impacted by the high um, so maybe that's an explanation but aerodynamically, aerodynamically I, I don't see how ferrari could be um, effective uh, but mercedes yes because the biggest problem with Mercedes' uh, top speed is not the engine, it's, it's drag. Well, on this circuit, the drag effect is much, much reduced. Uh, we have much less drag than on usual tracks, and so Mercedes could show us a stronger performance, I think. But we, can, we will confirm that in Zaragoza in and in Abu Dhabi, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, there are another things that came to my mind right now. One of them is not uh, in direct relation with the Mexican Grand Prix is the possibility of not having a Brazilian Grand Prix. Sorry for saying it right now, but uh, being a little bit messed with the, uh, with the info. But this could mean that, speaking about uh, temperatures, uh, there are many develops that are used uh, not only at Mexican, but at Brazilian Grand Prix also. Because of the temperatures, Mm -hmm. they are not going to be used again, perhaps.
1: Regarding the issue of the Brazilian entry, I think uh, it's all mostly uh, Uh, Mm solved. It seems we will not have uh, any issue, Mm -hmm. but we'll see how the Mm -hmm. situation develops. Mm -hmm. Continuing our analysis of the... And also, continuing to answer your question about this kind of special track, you could say. Well, you see that Leclerc, which is constantly fighting for pole positions and because that is uh, the strong point of the Ferrari this year, and also of Leclerc, we can say. Yes. Only qualified seventh, almost one second behind Verstappen, and Sainz only qualified fifth. And even... More interesting than that was that I think that Russell he should have uh, started uh, started one because he, he messed up his last lap and I think he was going for a pole and well in true pace we could say it would not be like uh, oh it was raining and uh, no it would be Mercedes the fastest car on this qualifying so yeah I think this circuit is a special circuit
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely also we have to say that it was a very, at least Red Bull found a a really strong setup for the circuit. Even Perez struggled a little because of the strategy. It was all prepared to have a 1-2 finish.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, the race was, I think, one of the... Who was this year? What did
0: you think? It became a little boring for me. I was waiting uh, all time for a safety car, perhaps a problem with tires because of the strategies. They were all teams, I think, were using uh, tires more laps than it was uh, recommended by Pirelli. But finally, nothing of that happened. I don't know. Uh, I think more than half of the race it was very very predictable. Uh, I don't know if if we spoke during that second half of the race, but it was very clear what is what. Perhaps we didn't want that to happen, but finally the race could could end at that point and nothing new would would happen. We I don't know. Uh, that's my yeah, yeah. my, my yeah. opinion.
1: I think you, you are mainly, oh, well, I, I share your, your opinion. <laughs> we saw that, well, Verstappen was just maintaining his distance to Hamilton and obviously, if you would uh, have to make another pit stop, you would have to force the rhythm, so he would uh, open a gap. But no, it was 10 seconds, nine seconds, 10 seconds. So he was really in control of the situation. And for me, it was pretty clear that he was that he wasn't going to quit for another set of tires. I had some hopes when I, I don't know if you remember but when we heard Russell messages of on the radio of going for stops, extending the first thing and going for stop. But in the end they, didn't do, they mm-hmm. didn't do that. Well, the one who did was with Chiaru and he was driver all the day so Mercedes should have opened their eyes to that possibility. And also because, well, if you are trying with two cars to go for the victory, maybe we could go with two different strategies to have a wider uh, like w- range of possibilities or changes. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: But yeah, as usual this year, Verstappen won, Turn Square, nothing to say. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. the, the usual thing, really nice race by Hamilton. Also, he couldn't have done much more than that, really. Mm-hmm.
0: In a moment during the race, he, he asked for the for for another tire compound. He said at least twice that they were running in the wrong compound. Mm-hmm. Um, he complained about but, that, but I don't know I if...
1: I find it interesting that Hamilton... Well, we see that Russell is more... It seems he anticipates what is going to happen really well and understands how they can shift the strategy. We don't hear so much of those inputs by Hamilton. Well, he complains after the things are, are done, well, when they change these tires, and he knew that well, he felt that he wasn't on the right tire, but before the pit stop, he didn't say anything. So, yeah, it's interesting that part.
0: I remember that also Russell complained about the same, at least once during the race. No, no, for... but I
1: think Russell, like, was Suggesting, well, we should extend the team, and I want to go for the soft. And they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Hamilton didn't say anything. Well, it did. It, I don't know if uh, it's uh, not fighting for the championship or, I, well, I don't know. But mm-hmm. those inputs, you, you
0: know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Team. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now no, I understand what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you spoke about Ricardo and his key um, strategy. Would... Which was uh, really interesting, but he made a mistake so he had a penalty.
1: Yeah, he had a penalty and even with a penalty, which I think was fair because he was clearly too optimistic. Even with the 10 second penalty, not five, 10 second penalty, he finished mm-hmm. seven and I think it was his best uh, drive for McLaren. Like even better than the, the race you win because well he didn't have to do much if we re- record that play. Mm-hmm. and on this one he had to fight he had a, a bold strategy and I like it very much if he can carry that momentum to the last two races maybe he could give McLaren the, some points that he should have given them a long time ago to fight for that fourth position of the Constructors Championship
0: and that makes me think about Alonso if he is I don't know how to say His tears? Mm. I, I thought we, we were going to have more of that failures, uh, mechanical failures. But we had also one. Am I in the mistake?
1: No, no, you are right. It was only Alonso. Uh, hmm.
0: Because Tsunoda
1: was uh, also DNF, but it was because of each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah are four DNS because of uh, reliability issues. You know, mm.
0: yeah,
1: I understand that frustration. <laughs> and yeah, Alonso is We all know <laughs> he was. It's, it's, it's <laughs> forty-one years old or something like that. He still has that young lion will and passion for the to fight, which is awesome. Really.
0: Yeah, he's driving like he were twenty. Mm, he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's driving. Almost better than when he was chanting. Mm, yeah, oh, it yeah. it's amazing! Mm? Yeah. That's not part of the sport thing, but he always uh, takes with him the problems that he takes to the teams where he drives. Mm-hmm. But that's another discussion. Discussion. <laughs> mm? oh. Well, uh, and uh, at this point, I would like to know how's the fight for the fourth place? Yeah, the
1: fight for the fourth place. is is tight and I think it's four points or or seven Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah they they gained four points McLaren gained four points and uh, seven points behind uh, I think so yeah yeah that's it Uh, so yeah we can expect some intense last two races in the fight for this position as well as for six because Alfa Romeo is four points ahead of Aston Martin Mm-hmm. And well, if we are on this, we can extend to also the fight for eight, which is between us and party and they are one point separated. So yeah. some interesting uh, mid spec fight here for these last, year because it's a good amount of money that they are fighting for. So yeah.
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. it will be a very very hard fight mm-hmm. and yeah. a very, very very short one. It's a shame, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just to
1: add that uh, we didn't say it before, but before <laughs> Alonso DNF,
0: when mm-hmm. the test
1: uh, started to fail, he was the best of the rest. Well, he was seven, so doing what he does best, driving like uh, <laughs> a madman.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and the other of Ocon, which is the usual thing, but yeah. Uh,
0: I, I don't know what to think about Darken. He, he's very irregular. Mm, you don't you don't know very well what to, what to expect from him. Eh? Sometimes a great drive. Uh, the, the, in fact, the only winning, uh, die, the winning race was by alpine was in his hands. Uh, oh. But I don't know what to, to wait for him. Uh, he has a he defended I, I remember for more or less well during the race. I,
1: can do. Yeah, I think next year with uh, Gasly, if he's beaten by Gasly, clearly, I think he's uh, well, in a not-so-good position for the future. If Gasly are a top and becomes the uh, strongest driver, mm-hmm. I think in 4 or 5 races, I think Ocon maybe will have difficult plays ahead of him, but... Uh, we because I am not so. I'm not believing very much in Gazi right now because we're not having such mm-hmm. a, a great season this year and a little bit inconsistent, so, right, we
0: will see. I agree, perhaps uh, more irregular than than Alpine. Mm-hmm. It will be a strange season next one for Alpine with those two.
1: Mm-hmm. I think on two final notes, we already talked about Mercedes and their strategy, but yeah, a negative for sure, uh, a negative uh, thumbs up, <laughs> or a down, a down vote for, for Mercedes mm-hmm. regarding their strategy, and I think we have to say that Ferrari, even if we know that his track is different and well a special circuit we could say if you want to fight for titles imagine that ferrari arrived here like fighting for the title this would be a race to automatically throw in the trash mm-hmm. and that can be acceptable in a team that wants to fight for victories and championships so they have to understand and solve the issue with the uh... I,
0: it I saw faces and expressions at Ferrari PitBall Um they were really, really worried. They left Mexico, I think, in a very unhappy mood.
1: Well, I would have <laughs> <laughs> You know, it hard to be a Ferrari fan, man.
0: In a way, well, we have spoke many times about this. In a way, more or less, we all are Ferrari fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and this sense I think the Mexico Grand Prix analysis we can move uh opinions about a very, very controversial topic that is splashing in half the Formula One audience, or at least it seems for me. The Mm -hmm. ones who like Hamilton are on one side and the ones who like Verstappen are on the other, and it seems that there are no reasonable people anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is so strange, the polarization, is that the word? We had in Formula 1, like in any other, I don't know, like in football, there is always uh, Boca River, Flamingo, and on which one is the other team? Uh, uh, Porto and which is the other team? I don't Porto,
1: remember.
0: Uh, or Porto and the mm-hmm. yeah, and Sporting. That, and that's it. Mm? Yeah. Uh, well, I assumed, or I was in a mistake, perhaps, that you could knew, could know the opposite of Flamingo, but I don't know.
1: I think maybe Palmeiras.
0: Yeah, if you say so, I can. I must say <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you, you, you know that you are a bit closer to them. Than...
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't even uh, watch football matches of my own league. I can say that the opposite of my favorite team is Independiente. So, Racing Independiente, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. no more than that. Mm. Okay, please mm-hmm. go on. Go on. Sorry for my interruption.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. So we had there were rumors and uh, and there was a confirmation of a minor budget cap breach by Red Bull, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also uh how do you say uh, we'll a particular violation that that also after Martin and Williams had. Mm, I didn't before. know. I didn't
0: know about Williams
1: yeah the, it was earlier this year they failed the submission of some documents and they had to pay twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars fine so yeah, and regarding Red bull bridge, I think there, like we, we were talking there are a lot of polarization and opinions like very aggressive mm-hmm. uh, and we we have to to be a little bit more reasonable and and try to, to understand what happened. So Red Bull had a like we said a minor breach, which is five less than five percent. In this case five percent is is seven million something. And Red Bull bridge was two million. But of those two million like 1.6 or something like that, 1.5 was due to um, a mistake on uh, a tax tax uh-huh. adjustment mm-hmm. or a tax credit, something like that. So it would make the real bridge 500 or 400 thousand dollars. There was also an issue with some parts that that they have. A, I I'm not very on the inside of how they they count the money to, to develop the parts but there was also some issue with parts that were not utilized and and yeah the, the thing is is that these big teams like ferrari mercedes red bull they don't the, the submission by themselves like red bull is audited and accompanied by eui that is one of the Big four of consulting, mm-hmm. and of course, the intention or the, how they operated, they thought that it was right. Well, it's EUI, it's not kids playing in the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a breach. Nevertheless, there was a breach, so the, um, there had to be a penalization. And I think that it was a reasonable one. I think it, the, the process could have been more faster and mm-hmm. more clear, like they could have disclosed the information because also the polarization comes from the secrets and, well, we will not say anything and everyone thinks that, oh, they, they spent 5 million more in, on developing the car, uh, but, well, it's not like that. And at, at the end, they had seven millions fine and uh, 10% reduction in wind. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Usage, we could say, which is interesting because, well, on the website, at least most of them, they only said that Binotto and Toto Wolf said that the penalty was not severe, was was like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's Ferrari and Mercedes, of course, they would have to say that. But the, interestingly, Omar Saskanauer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I tried to say, you know. <laughs> said that he thought it was uh, an ad- adequate penalty, and that uh, wind Tunnel would cost them um, something. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think we have a, a, like a, a balanced outcome, like a, a nice balance between severity of the punishment and not doing nothing, because that if they did, the 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 problem was if penalty was like, uh, well, you get a 5 million fine and that's it. What would happen is that all teams would would start to make minor breaches on purpose. Uh,
0: sorry, because of my interruption, but how do FAI manage the wind tunnel activities if a team uh, has its own wind tunnel?
1: Well, I don't know really, and, and I think that, that is like not the least, but I don't understand how it's possible to control mm-hmm. Ferrari and Mercedes, for instance, or Alpine. They can mm-hmm. call a guy, well, in Mercedes in Germany, and say, well, uh, you could look at this, maybe for us, over there in your computer, on the factory, and they are not like connected to the F1 team. I don't know how they control that, but really. Our teams that are constructors also, Mm-hmm. How are they sure that there is no information that leaves the team to the constructor's facility? Because we know that, for instance, Mercedes is in Bricksworth, right, in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And well, probably the headquarters of Mercedes globally, Mercedes-Mercedes, uh, are on Germany, probably in Berlin, mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Well, I'll How, be I'll be almost are the they same. Sure that, uh, United yeah. Kingdom
1: to rip there, France. How are they sure that there is no information that is fast between those two different companies? Because Mercedes AMG F1 is a company, is an entity mm-hmm. connected mm-hmm. to Mercedes. Well, I don't know. And Ferrari also. I'm saying Mercedes, but Ferrari, uh, Alpine, I don't understand. I think it's uncontrollable, but well, they are doing something. Okay. Uh, and even Red Bull, or oh, Red Bull has a thousand companies worldwide, or entities worldwide, uh, hundreds of teams in every sport, mm-hmm. could, they, could they put some of the cost on other teams and do something there, like by the side? Mm-hmm. If it was a Portuguese guy,
0: <laughs> managing,
1: <laughs> for sure. And I believe from Argentina and Latin America in general, it would affect. <laughs> <laughs> we are
0: tricky. <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> what is your opinion?
0: Sorry, yeah, sorry, I don't know if we were we already recording that uh, budget uh, issues are very, very, and extremely difficult for me, even in my own work. It's difficult to understand the, the, the limits, the controls. Um, so it it's been like like um, for me, it was like a class. I was sitting, I was seated in front of my PC, um, hearing you, uh, listening to your explanations and opinions, and in in a way, um, understanding for the first time uh, what is what. what what was this thing about? Um, so, I would like, first of all, thank you <laughs> because of the explanation. And the, I have this thing a little um, bit more clear now. Mm. Um,
1: I can I can add that uh, I have here the, the correct number. The real bridge with the correct tax credit would be four hundred and thirty-two thousand six hundred and sixty-two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. well, four hundred thousand euros, we could say four hundred thousand mm-hmm. euros, which, uh, well, money was like zero point three percent. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's what it is. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, there was other. Uh, there is a, a, an article on on Autosport on. Point.com uh, that explains well the, the the where they supposedly spent their money and if you look at that, I think it's understandable that they, they did not spend more money on development than Mercedes or Ferrari.
0: It's, it's just that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, indeed João mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is it. This is it, yeah. Okay. This is it. Until so, next time, <laughs> it will be till Brazil. We really hope so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we have got to say goodbye. Then.
1: Yeah, goodbye. Watch the, uh, watch no, uh, listen to the podcast, and we see each other on the on the next episode.
0: I hope before. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> have a next bye. time. <laughs> bye bye.